sat in defiance of municipal orders astride the gun zamzama on her brick platform outside the old ajeb ghar the wonder house as the natives call the lahore museum who holds zamzama that fire breathing dragon holds the punjab for the great green bronze piece was always the first of the conquerors loot so begins perhaps one of the greatest novels about british india and one of the most gripping stories of espionage radiant kipling's kim published in the year 1901 kim became the symbol of the great game a curious era of shadow boxing between britain and russia played out right through the 19th century in a landlocked nation often called the roundabout of the ancient world and fittingly enough this nation is in the news once again Welcome to our weekly podcast. Get ready to sample a little bit of history. I'm Ratan Basu and with me is the amazing storyteller Joy Bhattacharya and this is Fact of the Matter. Hello Joy, how are you doing today? Excellently, absolutely excellent. We've got some very interesting fair coming up, so I'm looking forward to hearing and I like you starting with literature. I'm I'm really impressed with you. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, everyone has guessed already in main course as always we shift our focus on to the country of afghanistan and we will talk a little bit about its early history through some amazing anecdotes we've managed to dig out and we and i will start off today by talking about a very special person a guy called alexander burns or as he was nicknamed bukhara burns now people who love food and people who have traveled through new delhi have heard of the dish dal bukhara which is one of the specialties of a, a specific five star hotel and is almost one of the best known indian culinary exports worldwide now dal bukhara gets its name from bukhara the same bukhara which was the nickname of bukhara alexander burns now who was alexander burns and what was his connection with something called the great game he was a scottish explorer and diplomat um born in 1805 in scotland he happened to be the first cousin to the poet robert burns you know small bit of trivia at the age of 16 he joined the army of the east india company and while serving in india he picked up urdu and persian and uh, started life as an interpreter in surat in 1822 now till this time he was he was just another britisher operating in india however in 1826 after get being transferred to the uh, city of kutch as an assistant to a political agent he started taking a very strong interest in history and geography of northwest india and the adjacent countries which had not yet been thoroughly explored by the british and this is how he went into afghanistan what happened at that time the great game had started the great game was basically a you know a subterfuge a cloak and dagger shadow movement between two big empires the british empire and the russian empire now the british control in india made the russians suspect an intention to move northwards to afghanistan similarly the british feared that india was sought after by russia and they would come down and who would be in the middle the two empires had to collide in afghanistan which was almost like a neutral ground so both parties needed intelligence 
the British decided that maybe this guy Burns would be the right person to get it. But this is where the story gets interesting. In 1831, traveling in disguise, Burns decided to go from Kutch to Bukhara through Kabul and in the process, get a lot of intelligence, get firsthand accounts of how Afghan life happens, politics, local leadership, etc. But remember, in those days, in order to do that, he had to go through the province of Punjab and through Lahore before he reached Kabul. And Punjab at that time was ruled by a big Indian Sikh king called Maharaja Ranjit Singh. Now, Maharaja Ranjit Singh did not allow anybody to go through his territory without his permission. So Burns, and almost like for the first time, he, he decided to use espionage or spycraft. He said that he wanted to do a navigation of the Indus River and try and find out details of how to survey the land, the topography in and around the Indus River. In addition to that, in order to make sure that Ranjit Singh would, you know, um, accept his uh, claim and give him permission to carry on on his secret journey to Afghanistan, he carried four big grey British horses and a cart because he knew that Ranjit Singh had a fondness for horses. Using this, Burns declined a military escort and with only one British officer, an ensign called J.D. Leckie, uh, he went right up the Indus, developing very close bonds with local leaders and governors and developed skills in diplomacy, local custom knowledge, rights of flattery, etc., etc., and went right through Punjab towards Kabul and then, you know, in the end reached Bukhara and got involved or started the British involvement in the great game around the 1830s. Now, I have a, another fantastic uh, story about this, which is that when he finally met Maharaja Ranjit Singh, uh, you know, on the, on the banks of the Sutlej in October 1831, the event was marked by the Maharaja's open display of the Kohinoor, the famous Kohinoor diamond, which he presented for free inspection by the British attendees. And this is the first time the British had a look at this famous diamond. As, all, as we all know, this jewel would eventually come into the possession of the British royal family and is now set in the crown of Queen Alexandra and visible at the Tower of London. But Mr. Burns, or Captain Burns as he was by then, had a role to play. After all his trips and all his, uh, you know, spycraft joy, Burns came back to England and wrote a very famous book called Travels into Bukhara, which is when he got nicknamed Bukhara Burns. But the funny thing is, he wrote this in such a way that, you know, Queen Victoria gave him a gold medal or maybe multiple medals. He met the Queen, etc., and became very popular in England. And all the other Britishers back in India who were, you know, struggling in the heat with malaria, they got very pissed saying this man was also helped by all of us. There were many other, you know, uh, British spies like Rawlinson and, and Pottinger and others, and they never got due, uh, you know, recognition. So Burns became famous and infamous at the same time. Yeah, fascinating. But there are a lot of characters like that. And you know, if you see the British Empire, it's always been characters like Burns, characters like Cecil Rhodes, characters like Francis Drake, who go all over the place. They really, really, they're the kind of people who changed British history. And in the period that they really flourished, it's these adventurers that made all the difference. 
But you know, talking about Burns and all these characters out there, Ranjit Singh always reminds me that Ran Maharaja Ranjit Singh actually wanted the Kohinoor diamond. He didn't want to give it to any of his descendants. He actually wanted to give it to the Jagannath Puri temple. Of course, the British didn't agree and then they ran away with it. Of course, that's a different matter altogether. But moving on there, uh, Afghan history has had all these empires coming in. It's called the graveyard of civilization. Right. Every rich civilized country comes and says, how difficult can it be to conquer this country, whether it's the British, the Russians, Americans, they all succeed in the beginning and then the Afghans come and throw them out. Well, I'm going to talk about another one of these wars. There's the war in 1880, known as a, not a war, actually, in the, during the Second Afghan War, the Battle of Maiwand. Right. And the Battle of Maiwand was one of the most important battles. And that was a crushing defeat for the British, where two brigades of British troops were defeated by the Afghan general Ayub Khan. Now, Ayub Khan was almost going to lose this battle right. when there was a lady who came on the battlefield who's regarded as the Afghan Joan of Arc. She was so inspirational. Wow. And because of her, the battle suddenly turned and they actually won. And what's her name? Her name is Malalai of Maiwand. Malalai of Maiwand is not mentioned in British history at all of the time. She's, but she's a legend in Afghanistan and she's a legend among all Pashtuns. And therefore... When Malala Yousafzai's parents wanted to name her, who better to name her than after one of the greatest heroes of the Pashtuns, Malala Yamaiwand. And that's how Malala got her name. What a fascinating story. I mean, Malala is now, of course, famous all over the world for all the work she has been doing, uh, you know, to bring focus on the plight of uh, women in Afghanistan and, and also, uh, you know, the broader area of the Northwest uh, uh, Frontier Province or the, cyber, or the Khyber Pakhtunwa, as it's called, but brilliant. Um, is there a literary story you have as well, Joy? I always have a literary story. And this one is from somebody who we keep returning to almost in every episode, and that's Sherlock Holmes. So, of course, John Watson, Dr. John Watson saw service in the same Anglo-Afghan war and he was wounded at the Battle of Maiwan by a Jezail bullet. Of course, uh, there's a bit of a shady uh, situation about where that bullet was, because in one story, it's in his arm, another story, it's in his leg. But the fact of the matter is, he was hit by this bullet, he suffered enteric fever, he was sent back to England on the troop ship Orontes. And right. after that, with his health ruined, he was given a daily pension of 11 shillings and six pence. And he said, how am I going to survive? I can't afford to rent a room alone. And then and, Stamford introduced And I think, yes, Holocaust. young Stamford, I think, was the man who actually, you know, got, got the, the famous duo together, finally. But that's a brilliant story, okay, from literature and history. Um, to, to end it off, I have a sporting connection with what we are talking about today. So, you know, Joy, you've, you've heard of the famous uh, Australian cricketing uh, brothers, brother duo of uh, Steve and Mark War, right? Now, Mark War, like, you know, all Australian cricketers have very funny nicknames. Mark War, amongst many nicknames, had one which was where he was called Afghan by many of his friends. And the reason why he was called Afghan is because apparently he was the forgotten war because Mark is the elder of the two brothers. <laughs> Steve War came into Australian cricket before Mark War made his debut. So he was called the forgotten war. And this is interesting because, as you said, the British have always, you know, sort of uh, the reason why it's called the Forgotten War is because in British history or history as, you know, promulgated or pushed by the British, the battles, the three Anglo-Afghan battles or the Anglo-Afghan wars 
have always been, you know, sort of pushed behind the scenes, you know, like, yeah, well, yeah we had a, a, a skirmish and, you know, it didn't go very well. You know, it, it was raining and there was malaria and, you know, <laughs> our boys couldn't um, jump across the Hindu Kush and so on and so forth. But that's that's one. I mean, he was called Afghan, Mark War. For cricket fans, that's a bit of trivia for you guys. Oh, Mark War. Yeah, Mark War had many names, but yeah. I've gone, I, I like these names and I've gone, you're absolutely right. The British just after a while started pretending that Afghanistan didn't exist because to pretend it existed, to admit that it existed meant that they would they'd tell the world they got a bloody nose. So it's one of those things. In fact, uh, there's a I Hollywood the British prime minister. No, there's a Hollywood uh, connection you wanted to talk about, right? Because I thought after sports, yeah, why not get no, into Hollywood? No. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one Hollywood connection I know, and I was quite fascinated to find out, you know, you would think that the big guy in Afghanistan, the guy who'd be the hero of Afghanistan would be Sylvester Stallone. You know, all these Rambo films and, you know, working with the Mujahideen and all that. Correct. It turns out that the biggest, biggest American star, film star in Afghanistan is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. And then every bodybuilding saloon all over, you'll see his picture everywhere. He's a huge, huge guy in Afghanistan. And apparently, you know, somebody asked that, you know, why is it so? The BBC was also surprised when they reported on it. Right. And they finally turned down and the Afghan locals told them, said, he looks just like an Afghan. So I said, okay, fabulous. <laughs> That's a great reason. But if you go to Afghanistan, the guy you push is not Sylvester Stallone. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's brilliant. What a fantastic story. I would have thought it's uh, John Rambo and Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I mean, though maybe since, uh, especially after Rambo First Blood Part 3, I think, where, where there's the Afghanistan element, where they take down uh, the Soviets. I, I thought he would be by far the most popular American hero. But Schwarzenegger trumping Stallone, well... That's another battle we have to discuss for some other stage, but I think we can go on and on with all these anecdotes. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, Afghanistan today is again at another crossroads. And like Joy, you said, I mean, from all through history, people have tried and and tried to conquer this, this landlocked country and they have failed. I mean, from, you could name from the Turks to the Buddhist kings, to the Kushans, to all these empires, to, you know, the modern day, you know, Soviet Union, and finally, now the United States of America, um, everyone's come here, tried to conquer this, this brilliant, brilliant country and has finally, you know, have finally not managed to do so and have gone away. So we'll talk of more stuff, but we want to go straight into our next section, which is Believe It or Not, Joy. And here we talk about, you know, some weird news items. Do you have something you've come across in recent days, yeah, Joy? Uh uh, there's a there's a, there's one with an Afghanistan connection, but I also find it interesting because it has a great Indian connection. So recently, a woman evacuated from Afghanistan amid this total chaos in the country. She has given birth to a baby girl on an evacuation flight. Yes. So this Afghan woman went into labor. They were going to the Ramstein Air Base in Germany. On the way, they boarded the plane. You know, uh, they figured out that she's going to be she's going to deliver on the plane. She's not going to reach there. And at one point, she began to have complications and the pilot had to descend to increase air pressure on board. And then her, she was stabilized and her life was saved. Wow. And the reason why I find it fascinating is that it's also the life. It's, it's also a story told by a really good friend of mine, Shujit Sarkar, mm -hmm. who's one of our top directors. So, you know, you must have seen Piku and Vicky Dona and so many of the other October, right. so many excellent films he's done. 
Shujit, you will have to believe this, is the son of an uh, Air Force officer. Okay. And he was raised in Hashimara. Okay. And when he was in Hashimara, his mother was pregnant and she was being carried on a helicopter from Hashimara to the latest, uh, to the closest base hospital to have a child. And she delivered her daughter on the flight, on the helicopter flight. And her name, that's why the daughter's name was, her official name is Akashi. Okay. But she's also known as Heli. At home, Shujit and her you know, parents call her Heli. So what a fascinating story. You know, <laughs> born on a flight is just such a great way to start your life. That's brilliant. That's, that's, a, that's a fantastic story. I mean, one for, I, I'm sure one, a, a biography or something at a later stage, whenever Shujit wants to pen it down. Um, but, you know, uh, the story I came across, Joy, was something slightly different, slightly more uh, serious and economic. And that's about how the Taliban have actually earned a lot of money and are quite well funded. Now, this is it. The Taliban militants apparently have now grown richer and more powerful since the fundamentalist regime was toppled by US forces in 2001, right? Now, in the fiscal year ending March 2020, according to a report um, which I found, you know, uh, by a guy called Hanif Sufizada, who works um, or is a, is a program coordinator at the University of Nebraska in uh, Omaha in the US. Um, the Taliban reportedly brought in 1.6 billion US dollars. And what constitutes the top two items of the Taliban's income sources? If this report is to be believed, the number one spot where the Taliban earns revenue is from drugs joy. 416 million. Afghanistan accounts for a approximately 84% of the global opium production, you know, over the last five years ending in 2020. And this is from the United Nations World Drug Report. Now, most of these drug profits go to the Taliban, which manage opium in areas under their control. It's so well uh, organized that the group imposes a 10% tax on every link in the drug production chain. And that includes the farmers who cultivate poppy, the labs that convert it into a drug, and the traders who move the final product out of the country. So absolutely interesting. I mean, that's that's 416 million out of 1.6 billion is coming out of drugs. In the second spot, about 400 million is from mining. And I'm not surprised. Iron ore, marble, copper, gold, zinc, metals, rare earth minerals. If I'm not mistaken, even lapis lazuli joy, if you remember, probably comes from Afghanistan, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, mountainous country, though the mineral extraction operations are very small, there are a few big Afghan mining companies. And of course, they have to pay the Taliban militants to allow them to keep their businesses running. And uh, this is the number two. And in number three, would you be surprised, Joy? It's extortion and taxes, about 160 million. <laughs> so... Drugs, mining, extortion, and taxes, as per this report. I thought, I mean, there's, of course, charitable <laughs> donations and all, but this, for me, is uh, incredible and weird at the same time. And I thought, what better way to share this about a country which is, again, now having a new government, and um, I have a feeling it'll, it'll, it'll grow more and more in the days to come. Uh, well, I, well, I find it fascinating that uh, the Taliban, the etymology of the word Talib literally means learner. Correct. So whatever it is that they're learning, they're learning very fast and they're clearly not learning the right things. But, uh, you know, going back just to that, uh, 
two there's an indian one of the top indian films of the 70s was based on the drug trade in afghanistan or somebody wanting to get into the drug trade in afghanistan there's a film called dharmatma right. which was one of the first indian films to be shot out there and you know the first time the indians saw the gorgeous afghan scenery it was absolutely fantastic correct that is all about this chap called say dharmdas who's like the godfather out there correct and exactly in the same way a business rival exactly like the, the godfather story he proposes a deal to do narcotics and dharmdas is like you know just just like the other godfather don colone he says i don't want to have anything to do with the drugs and that's how the whole story unfolds so you know dharmatma is actually completely based on somebody trying to muscle in to the drug trade in the drug trade and there's uh, another another film there was another film i think you also would have the other one you i think i'm 100% sure you probably bunk school to go and see and that's khuda gawa you must have oh my that. god khuda gawa amitabh bachchan and shridevi two of uh, i mean two iconic uh, you know cinematic superstars india's ever seen in the lead role and amitabh bachchan playing the role of a afghan chieftain called badshah khan and there's this brilliant brilliant song called tu mujhe qubool main tujhe qubool which in english means um, which i thought in english meant you are my qubool and i am your qubool which later i realized was absolutely wrong it means you you are acceptable to me and i am acceptable to you that's actual translation but you know what that that was a fascinating movie and it i think actually had probably some terrain shots if, if i'm not mistaken and you know cinema uh, cinematic trivia experts would probably weigh in more on this but that was that was a movie which i found iconic about afghanistan uh, i i love the first scene the whole first scene is the you know traditional afghan game of buskashi correct whole polo played with a goat carcass and that's yes. i thought it was amazingly shot for that time i haven't seen cinematography like that and i think amitabh recently has written very movingly about this time in afghanistan of course. they were warlords there but they treated him like god and he was carried away everywhere and they offered him i think he and all the big hero and heroines of the film all yeah. the you know the cast of the film they were given the order of afghanistan so amitabh bachchan <laughs> is a proud holder of the order of afghanistan well that that brings us to the end of this second section and as as you know as you can make out if if Joy and I keep talking about this. We'll probably ha- we can have a full show on this, but we are mindful of uh, the fact that we have other sections. Before we go into a small break, we would again like to remind our listeners that you can always send us your feedback, suggestions, answers to our quiz questions to our email address, which is factofthematterindia@gmail.com. You can now catch all our episodes as always on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Report, Stitcher, and basically any platform you prefer. Do click on the follow button, which will ensure that you automatically get informed whenever a new episode drops. Or you can check our website, anchor.fm/backslash/factofthematter, uh, and leave your feedback whenever you feel like. Please also don't forget to uh, rate our episodes so that we can also get to know whether you're liking it or not, and. Stay with us as we come back after a very very short break. Welcome back. As promised, we will move straight into. cute words and phrases and let's see what joy has managed to find out 
in relation to what we are talking in this episode afghanistan joy oh uh, well i just have the name of a city origin and that's the city of kandahar okay and what i didn't know is that kandahar was founded by alexander the great in 330 bc okay who named it alexandria in arcosia which was the original name of the city till of course the islamic conquest much later but kandahar actually originates from iskandar which was pronounced as sikandar so if you know that the name of alexander in india is sikandar you know we use it sikandar wow. so sikandar became iskandar iskandar became kandahar and therefore kandahar the name kandahar is just a corruption of the name alexander which i thought was absolutely amazing and you know talking of alexander uh, since he came all the way back to india i remember um, he had on the way back he had this habit joy of not taking everybody back uh, on his return journey he always used to give people the choice of staying back and he actually established a few cities so that people would you know stay back sort of uh, immerse themselves with the local society etc so he had actually uh, you know started two cities called Busifala uh, and Nikaya and Busifala was named after his famous horse Busifalus so um that and and uh, i think Nikaya was probably from Seleucus Nicator uh, his general you know so it it's i mean it's so magical to think that uh, Alexander the Great's footsteps actually went through the city of Kandahar the a city which is seeing so much of turmoil and so much of Uh, you know action from oh, all yeah, sides in, good or bad yeah in fact alexander who uh, traditionally is believed to have favored men yeah actually fell in love with a slave girl out here called roxan and she's from you know roxan is from bactria which is proper afghanistan correct and uh, her father was a bactrian nobleman and the only issue he had the only so called legitimate issue he had alexander the 4th was a child of roxan so Alexander clearly liked and spent his time in Afghanistan very very usefully. And Roxan sounds very much like like a Persian Ruxana or something, you know. It, it could well be uh, uh, the origin of that name it could is, well be Ruxana or or Ruxan. So Ruxana is a corruption. You're absolutely yeah. right. Ruxana is a corruption of Ruxan. It's basically a corruption. Fantastic. Fantastic. What a what What's a What's your story for today? So my story is about food and you know you know me and how I can never stay away from food and I'm going to talk about a very famous dish a kebab a non-vegetarian kebab again with a you know apologies to all you know my veggie friends very few of them actually um <laughs> the my 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 dish is a, a kebab called the chapli kebab now the name chapli has a couple of origins you know again we'll discuss both of them one is that it's supposed to be a you know come from the pashto word again in afghan language pashto just like dari called chaprik which means flat and this is a very flat kebab small it's light round and very flattened in the texture is very flattened another theory which is the interesting one is that it's derived from the word chappal which means slipper right like a bedroom slippers or a bathroom slipper and it's a local word for sandals etc implying the shape and size of the kebab which is almost like that of a sole of a slipper or a sandal and uh, but, but what is assured now you might you might be unsure about which is the true origin but what is sure is that this kebab originated in the city of peshawar peshawar is in the northwest the capital of the northwest frontier province and initially used to be called purushpur from buddhist times because uh, it had a very very big 
Buddhist uh, university at that time, and you know, from the Kushan eras and the you know the um, the eras of the Buddhist kings. You've heard of Bamiyan in Afghanistan, but Peshawar is the city where this recipe has uh, originated from, and today apparently has over two thousand kebab houses which serve the chapli kebab. So that's that's my. Peshawar is just, I mean, that whole Northwest Frontier Province is fascinating. And you know what I love about your story? Yeah. The fact that in a place, Purushpur, which the Buddhists had some of their most, so many monasteries, probably okay. one of the most peaceful religions in the world. And today you have gun factories everywhere. I mean, you look and there are gun factories manufacturing local AK-47s. So it's how civilization just keeps having these topsy-turvy moments. And uh, well, that's what makes it so fascinating. But uh, Chappal kebab must be very popular in West Bengal as well, especially with the chief minister. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. But the only place I've had chapli kebab actually is from Lucknow, uh, a city where you get very good chapli kebabs. But I'm glad to know that this, you know, that this is the actual origin. So this must have come through um, the chefs and, and all the other people who would have brought these recipes down. To the Indian subcontinent, but um, that's it. That's that's cute words and phrases for you. And now we move on to the more interesting sections, and we move on to the most exciting and controversial area of this episode, which is bare naked lies. When Joy Bhattacharya last week, if you remember, we had a one-all draw. This week, I am trying my level best. I've come prepared. I've you know practiced a lot, and this week I want to win. But let's see if. I can manage to do that, but I let you, as always, being the senior most amongst the two of us, go with the first salvo. So hit me with your question, John. Okay, my question, and it is about Afghanistan. The Afghan flag was inspired by the flag of Germany. The current Afghan flag is inspired by the flag of Germany. True or false? current Afghan flag is inspired by the flag of Germany. No hint at all. This comes from the left of center. My goodness, this is like, foof. Um, I will say, yes, it was. That's, uh, you're, you're, you sure? You want to change your mind? I will stay with my answer because okay. there can be no hit whatsoever i <laughs> this is a blind guess but i will say yes okay you're absolutely right it is <laughs> well done yay <laughs> <laughs> okay this tricolor was inspired by the afghan amanullah khan king amanullah khan he was visiting germany oh. and in those days the weimar republic had the black then the red and then the yellow bands so he also decided to go for it so the original afghan flag was horizontal, not vertical. It had a black band, which showed, you know, the troubled 19th century history. Okay. Then the red band, which is the blood of the people who fought for independence and the green and the hope and prosperity for the future. Of course, that flag was originally horizontal. Now you will see the black, then the red, and then the green and vertical. Fantastic. But well done. One Fantastic. to you. And One nail. And here, here you go with my question. It's about the movie. Since we talked of Kudagawa and you obviously... Uh, had to tell the entire world that I bunked college to watch this movie, which I think I had <laughs> actually. I don't know why I shared it with you there though. Um, but it's about Kudagawa. Now the character's name, or the character played by uh, Amitabh Bachchan in the movie Kudagawa was Badshah Khan. 
Now, this is my fact that the initial name of this character was Gulam Khan, right? But when the cast and crew arrived in Afghanistan, they were told by a local warlord that no chieftain ever will have the word Gulam in his name. And as a result, the producers and the, you know, the script writer had, had to hurriedly, in a couple of hours, change the name because otherwise they sensed that the local Afghan population might take umbrage and that could lead to you know, production issues, etc., etc. So Gulam Khan got changed to Badshah Khan because of a local warlord who mentioned this to them. Is this true or false? You know, Nathan, it's a lovely story. And that's why I credit it to your superb imagination. I'm going to say false. It's not a lie. I don't know. I think somebody, somebody in my household is secretly giving all these <laughs> answers away to you because no, you're you were token. <laughs> It is absolutely true that you are correct and I am incorrect. <laughs> I, I just made this up right now. I mean, hey, I thought this was as good a try as I've ever tried before. So, yeah, it's one all again. It's one of those horrendous uh, attempts to try and, you know, put one across. Yeah, but you know what? I will keep trying, Joy. Don't you think this is the end of it? there will come a time when you will, will have to bite the dust. But it's one all, Bare Naked Lies is over. No one, no one has managed to keep fighting this way, the way I have, Joy. So you have to give me, you know, due credit. And, Total credit, absolute credit. And we will now move into the quiz, uh, the quiz question, the last portion of this episode. And before we give you the names of the winners, Joy, um, would you like to give out the question from last uh, episode and also the answer? What's okay. your question? The last episode, uh, the question was that which, you know, fast food, you know, street food associated with a very specific city mm -hmm. uh, gets its name from a person who's been knighted. Blood donation camps are held after this person who's appeared in a Hindi film in the 60s. And the answer I have is the cricketer Frank Waddle, Sir Frank Waddle, and he inspired those roles in Bombay called Frankies. That's the answer I have. Fantastic. Frank, Sir Frank Waddle and Frankies. I mean, you've heard of tips Frankies from uh, Mumbai, but Frankies are, 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 I mean, are very well known as a food item. And today we have a lot of answers. I'm so, so happy to see so many people answering. Then I'll, I'll, I'll go one by one. Neeraj Dubey gets it correct. Shantanu Sharma gets it correct. M. Ramakrishnan uh, tries Bertrand Russell, uh, who appeared in the movie Aman, but that's, Aman. Aman, yes. but that's not correct. This is not that. Akhil gets it correct as well. Aditya Bhattacharya gets it correct. Absolutely correct. Then you have Murugesan Vijaya Shanmugam. Uh, uh, he's also written all about, you know, these episodes and how he loves it. And of course, Tapas Tiwari, after a, after a break of a week, gets it correct. So lots of correct answers. And this is fantastic. Keep, keep writing, keep writing. Just, in. just want, uh, absolutely, Ratan, I just want to add to that. Fantastic to hear all these names. You want to hear more and more names. You give us correct answers. We'll feature your name out here. 
And I just want to add one more name. There's a journalist, uh, Atrio Mukherjee, who also messaged me and said, this has to be Sir Frank Warren. And I said, you're a cricket nut. I know you wouldn't miss this one. So thank you, Atrio. Well done as well. And Joy, what's your question for this week? I have a, you know, a, a feeling it could be related to Afghanistan. Well, it is related to Afghanistan and it's a question I really love. Here's my question. Which animal in Afghanistan is named after a 13th century Italian? Which animal in Afghanistan is named after a 13th century Italian? That's which, my question. Which animal in Afghanistan is named after a 13th century Italian? Well, if you know your Italy, if you know your animals, and if you have had a few friends living in the 13th century, I bet this will be right up your street. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. Joy and I have had a lot of happiness in bringing all these stories to you, as always. Do keep writing to us at factofthematterindia at gmail.com and do follow all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Report, Stitcher, and every other platform you can think of. We are trying to get across everywhere we can. Um, do rate us, do give us our ratings, do follow us and write in to us with your suggestions, your thoughts, etc. And before you realize, Joy and I will be back another week, another episode, some more maddeningly funny facts. And till then, goodbye. <laughs>